going on, everybody? 360 Digital Closing Bell here. I am your humble, humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, joined for our Week Ahead podcast here on this beautiful June 29th, 2020. As always, I am joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com, Stuart Turley. Stu, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing fantastic. It's going to be a fabulous, busy week. Each week seems to be getting busier than, than the last. So yeah, I can totally agree with you. If you guys are listening to this, it is sometime uh, uh, on the week of July, not July, June 29th. Excuse me, guys. I'm playing a little slow today. Had a little traveling. I'm actually coming to you for the first time from an undisclosed location in Huntington Beach, California. So getting a little beach on um, this weekend, which is nice. Uh, and if, if anyone's wondering how, Calif- how Southern California is treating COVID, it was wild. Everything's open, no masks. I mean, you want to talk about a V-shaped recovery, Stu. I mean, there was, I was, I'm bullish on oil prices solely because I've been down here and seen some activity going on. It's, it's, it's actually really weird nobody's considering wearing, it's California. No, it's weird. It's California and nobody's wearing a mask. It's really, it's, it's odd. Colorado's a, a, a lot more strict. I feel a lot more, you know, you, you definitely are wearing a mask everywhere you go in Colorado. Here it's wild. It's the wild, wild west. That's funny. It is funny, but we bars down. Yeah, no, exactly. So um, this is our week ahead podcast for June 29th, episode number 29. Um, we have a great show for you guys lined up. We're going to chat about sort of the new, not sort of, it's the new uh, WTI, and it's not really WTI, the replacement for WTI benchmark um, that S&P Platts and Argus are putting out. It's a new waterbound crude. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. I've it just it sort of just makes me laugh. Um, we'll also check in on the levels for crude oil, as always, in the commitment of traders. Um, and as always, look at how the thrashing for the 360 official, non-official fund. But first, guys, I need to tell you about my friends at Adamantine Energy. These guys are the ESG oil and gas experts. If you have any questions and you're an executive and you're not implementing ESG, corporate social responsibility, or any of this stuff into your business right now, I mean, you've been here us pounding the desks for weeks. It is the only way to get capital in today's game. I highly recommend calling Adamatine Energy and specifically Tisha Shuler. She's the former CEO of the Colorado Oil and Gas Association, and she's helping companies navigate all of your corporate social risk and how to future-proof against all of the things. I mean, there's so many different um, ways in which she can help you from strategic planning to help you with ESG executive decision making to actually rolling out and implementing plans because a lot of people think um, okay well it's easy to, to, to spin up a page on my website but how do I actually implement these programs into my company that's what Adamantine Energies um, specializes in not just the, the high level architecture but the implementation of that issue you can find out everything Adamantine Energy at, at www.energythinks.com you should also subscribe to Tisha's Both Things Are True weekly email series where she's going over this. It's, it's the name of the whole uh, email series where she'll send you one email a week. And trust me, I highly recommend getting on that because your competitors are reading it because it's talking about everything that she, it's basically a peek inside her mind, the leading ESG expert, in my opinion. Um, and it's no better way to get information. You can sign up for that newsletter at www.energythinks.com. You should also subscribe to this podcast, the 360 Digital Closing Bell, iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. It, it's the best way to stay up to date with all of your energy market news. I would highly recommend checking out our digital ticker show that's live on YouTube every single day at two o'clock or 
attempting to roll out a new studio setup, Stu, but it's going absolutely terrible. So hopefully we can get off Zoom here in a little bit and get moved over to a suite or software. We've been toying around with it. If you've seen some of our commercials we've shot, you have an opportunity to see them. Um, but majority of you do listen here via podcast, so we're always going to be making sure that sound quality continues. And by the way, if if the sound quality does stink, please just email me and let me know. I've, I've had some people reach out and done, I've made some changes over the past 10 episodes, so hopefully uh, the sound quality is getting a little better. We are on the road this week, though, so hopefully the road setup um, sounds really good. Um, you should also check us, uh, Anacom and Oil and Gas 360, out on all of the social platforms, YouTube, uh, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, Oil and Gas 360. Find me and Stuart on LinkedIn. The best of me. We're not hiding anything. If you want to connect with us, connect with us, mtanner and anarchominc.com. You should also subscribe to Anacom's Energy 360 Network Podcast, which is the place for energy thought leadership. We have some, We have three interviews coming this week for them, which is, which is really awesome. Monday, what is I don't want to mess this up, Stu. Monday's Energy Net, Tuesday's yeah. Data Gumbo, Thursday's yeah. Gary. Falk Jones, Google. Yes, so Monday we have the experts at EnergyNet. These guys buy. If you want to sling minerals or sling oil and gas products online, go to EnergyNet. I mean, it was a great conversation. We sat down with Gus um, and Anesthesia over there. Um, Tuesday, Stu, we had a fascinating conversation with Andrew Bruce, who's the CEO and founder of Data Gumbo. Blockchain, man, that stuff, as you mentioned, sometimes you just want to curl your head in the fetal position when you hear about that stuff. I love, and uh, Andrew made it so nice. Uh, I really appreciated the ROI that he has put his um, yeah. uh, reputation when he says, we're not going to charge you for you to install it. No, we're like, wow. Install and the cost savings. I mean, I don't know if it was a million dollars a minute that he was yes, saving, what? but it was a minute. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was like per day, but it was no. a minute. When you're drilling a rig, and his uh, blockchain technology is mm -hmm. so good, he could save a million dollars a minute. That's not, that's big in OPEX money. Well, I, if, if, you're, if, if, if you're listening to this now, you should be calling Andrew Bruce at Data Gumbo. Get spun up on him. It's unbelievable. I, I thought that was not hyperbole. I, thought, I just thought I heard it wrong. And I was like, million dollars a minute. That sounds, that sounds ridiculous. But no, it's true. Holy it's stopping. I had to. Uh, Bruce, yeah, Andrew, you need to go back a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That must have been the part where you, and then on Thursday, we have uh, Gareth Falk Jones, who's more of an international uh, renewables um, expert. And we, it was interesting. I, I enjoy talking with him. His accent was thick, um, which is awesome. He's probably the most internet. He's, he is the international, international man of mystery. If you want to actually put an actual name to the phrase, this dude's from South Africa, lives in Spain, Travel, you know, lived in all different countries in Europe, and he has a, 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 a Chinese wife. So you know, talk about the international man of mystery, Gareth Falk Jones. Great interview on renewable stuff, and he's really, you know, I would call, and I, th I think we can say this, he is what we would say a reasonable renewables activist. He understands what some of the limitations, at least now that we're seeing. Correct? Absolutely, and he also ties uh, um, finance to it and says you got to use the yep. best financially. Uh, the most economically dollar per kilowatt. Yeah. So please check out all of that energy 360 podcast, iTunes, Spotify, where you get your podcast. All right. I think that's enough clerical work. Um, you know, really the, you know, we ran this story on Thursday or Friday on the, the oil and gas 360 news desk. And I, I kind of just, when I first read it, it, it made me really laugh because there's just some hilarious quotes in there, but really it's a very interesting it's a very interesting shift in the oil and gas business. I think everybody understands that, 
you know, when we saw negative $37 oil price, oil wasn't really negative $37. It was really a, a it really was a result of how that WTI contract is really structured. And because of, you know, because of that, that sort of prompted a lot of new thinking on how, well, how do we take maybe something that's a little more outdated and change it. And so what, one of the things that, that, that if you've been following, not specifically us, I don't think we were the first to this, you know, I don't think oil and gas, I'm not going to say we were the first on the case, but we were definitely on the early bandwagon. Of, this, is, this has to be a better way to benchmark crude oil. I mean, we're seeing crude should never really go below zero. I mean, I guess it could, theoretically, anything can trade below zero, but it, it, it really shouldn't do what it did. Um, on that day, I mean, we're talking about an, uh, you know, an unbelievable historical cop. There are people that absolutely got wiped out. And so both S&P Global Platts and Argus Energy, which are basically two large, large oil and gas research firms, have decided that they're going to release, and they actually released them on the same day. It's, isn't that funny how it does that? It's like McDonald's and Burger King coming out with the McChicken within two days. It's like, do you have inside spies or something? It was really funny reading the articles. Like on June 25th, S&P dropped theirs, their new benchmark. On the next day, Argus dropped their new benchmark, which is the exact same name. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. A corporate espionage. Business is probably booming between these two people. Hey, Michael, that, that's like other people uh, dropping uh, interviews the day before ours. Oh, talk about corporate espionage. That means we're on to something. That's a good point. It's exactly like that. And we know who you are. And trust me, we're watching and we know we're better. That's okay. Um, but now we're getting to get me sidetracked, Stu. Sorry. But uh, both S&P and Argus, they're releasing new benchmarks for the price of crude oil. And what's hilarious is they're both calling it the same name. At least they're not calling it the Energy Expert Network, Stu. That would, now that would really get us. They're, the S&P and Argus, they're calling it the same thing. It's the American Gulf Coast Select Contract. I'm telling you, it's legitimately t the symbol AGS. So they're going to differentiate by saying S&P AGS, AAGS for Argus. And really what the differences or, you know, to kind of give you the idea of the Platts AGS, I'm just going to pull this from the article because I think it's the best way to talk about it. The S&P Platts AGS will represent the value of waterborne light, sweet crude loading from, from uh, loading FOB US Gulf Coast 15 to 45 days in. So that's huge right there. So now they're projecting 15 to 45 days in the future. It's not talking about current supply. That's, so that's, you know, one big shift right there. A key goal is to avoid price distortions that sometimes arise from Cushing, which is more than 500 miles away from the East Texas or from Texas export hubs. The Argus HES is initially going to cover the Houston area, but is expected to span to cover Corpus Christi, Louisiana, and new sources of Midland quality WTI products, they said in an announcement, Argus Index will publish an outright price, but this is key. They're going to also have a differential to Cushing crude contract to accommodate those who are still hedging on that. And so basically what this comes down to is, you know, we all know that WTI is quoted, you know, when you go look at a quote chart, what's the price of oil? Boom, we quote WTI. Well, S&P and Argus are trying to say, what's the price of oil? Boom, let's look at AGS. And there's some structural differences to the way both of these contracts are traded. And really the question is, I guess, why are we going to all this trouble, I think? Because, okay, you know, WTI doesn't work. I mean, it only doesn't work for one day. Why do we have to completely switch up the, the contract? Well, I, you know, and as, as the argument goes, um, um, as the argument goes, sorry, I'm just getting things are lighting up here on my end. Um, and the argument goes, you know, that Cushing is really a bad representation of actually what the price of oil is. There's a couple, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it's a bottleneck. There's the location of pipe. Um, excuse me, the, the, it's it's really a bottleneck. It's Cushing is known, Stu, as the what, what is it? The pipeline. What is that famous photo? The pipe 
pipeline crossroads capital of the world or something like that is that what they got mm-hmm. printed on there yeah it's an amazing uh, facility when you walk through it it really is 91 million barrels of oil storage you have so many different um, pipelines that come through and it really creates this this central hub where you can price and what's interesting is that wti is is as we know it stands for west texas intermediate and it's priced out of cushing oklahoma and it's WTI is a conglomerate of what happens at Cushing. But what's interesting is when you look at where the location of the pipelines are that come into Cushing, you kind of get an eye, you kind of start to think, wait, well, wait a second. This, this seems odd because obviously the, the, the basin oil pipeline, which is the biggest, which is one of the biggest, which, which is one of the biggest pipelines owned by Plains All-American, flows from Wichita, uh, Falls, Texas, all the way um, to Cushing. And the Centurion pipeline, which is the, the, the big, big, big Permian Basin pipeline that hooks up a lot of those different counties down there in Midland. Those two obviously flow into Cushing, but that represents only 6% of the oil that flows into Cushing. Otherwise, I mean, look at this. You've got some Oklahoma, you've got some Trans-Canada flows in the Keystone pipeline. Um, remember, you know, the big, the Keystone XL pipeline? Well, the Keystone pipeline flows in there as well. That comes from Alberta. We've got Mississippi um, and Southern Kansas, or excuse me, uh, uh, the Mississippi Line Pipeline, which is another Plains All-American coming from Oklahoma. I mean, I would go look at the, you can, you can just, this is on Wikipedia. I would go look at the inflow locations from for Cushing, and it kind of gives you, you're like, wow, wait a second, like a lot, this is mostly Oklahoma oil. This is a lot, this isn't as much um, um, Permian Basin oil, because a lot of that oil, specifically in 2016, when the export ban got switched, st- we st- you know, Texas started exporting a lot of its crude, because light, sweet crude is very, very, very um, uh, desired on the marketplace. And, and, it, um, and so that's sort of the thinking behind this. And, and, and when you look at, um, and, and so that, and so when it comes down to what, you know, what all those inflows come into Cushing, that's the difference. Instead of using Cushing as a point to market, they're going to use, um, um, they're going to use um, what's called waterbound crude. So, so what, what the, these two, the American Gulf Coast select, instead of taking oil flowing into Cushing, they're going to follow specific pipelines that take West Texas crude and transport it to export facilities all along both in Texas and the Gulf Coast. Specifically, our boy Sean Salisbury, or uh, Strawberry, um, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, they are going to be one of the biggest takers and are probably going to be on the forefront of, of, of marking these contracts, Stu, because they're, especially on the Argus contract, um, the Argus AGS is specifically using Corpus Christi as their uh, pricing hub to start out with this as they expand along the coast. And you, you ran a story, what was it, two weeks ago on their increase in storage? Yeah, they are increasing their storage dramatically. Now and I bet why. because of this. Yeah, now, we know exactly why. Here's the danger when you think about running a uh, pricing mechanism of export. You cannot guarantee, you just said uh, that you're going to be uh, 30 days in the future, 40 days. Mm -hmm. You can't do storage in that long of a time period in export pricing. This has got some flaws in it. You need to almost do a combination of Cushing and the export. There is too many variables for you to even think about using it this way. I also told you a little bit uh, when we talked about on Friday, you have the article on Mm. Brent. Uh, Brent is also under attack. And so when you, not attack, but there's so much, the Russian gas pipeline 
Europe is tired of being told how much they're paying by for gas. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, then you also have uh, the Urals, uh, uh, the Euro, excuse me, the Ural gas coming out of mm -hmm. Russia. Uh, they're now turning it away because they want four more dollars per barrel on top of um, Brent. So this is all coming about around the world. This is a world retalk on money. So yeah, and and in how we price contracts, I totally agree with you. And what's what what I just find funny, and you know, kind of to to, to sort of the only take I have on this is one I don't know how quickly this is going to be adopted by the overall community. I don't know. I don't know if you're ever going to see CNBC quoting American Gulf Coast Select before you see WTI. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I just think it's too ingrained. It would have to be a complete systematic shift and you would have to have large oil companies get on this path. And as we kind of get into what this means for the energy business, you'll sort of see why this stagnant. But um, what I just find, my, my, my second thing when I read this is, I, is it just makes me laugh, Stu, because I... I think I think a lot of people when I, Monday morning quarterbacking is one of the is one of my favorite things to observe because I think there, we, we did this with a lot of the coronavirus stuff. Hey, you know, looking back, we should have done this. I think people standing today look back on WTI and what happened on, you know, what happened when oil went negative and say, well, it's clear that WTI is sort of a flawed using Cushing as the benchmark is a flawed practice. But nobody was saying that before. No, no, no one was thinking this was a flaw before it happened. So now we have revisionist history happening where you see quoted in this article, and this is what gets me. This is Evercore. These are those guys who have been really, Evercore, for example, have been really, really good, good, good on executive compensation, the egregious executive compensation that is sometimes happening with this. They have been the ones that have been on this. But listen to this. Listen to this quote, Steve. This is what kills me. So this is James West, an energy analyst with Evercore. This is long overdue. We view WTI as an outdated crude price benchmark for years. No, you haven't. You've just, you're, you, you're not just trying to make it look like you've been on this game for three years. Nobody's been. I have seen zero on this topic for three years now because it really hasn't been an issue. We've Cushing's worked just fine for how the energy business worked. All of a sudden, we had an unprecedented, and we, we pretty much banned saying that word, but we might as well say it one more time. An unprecedented event happens. Now, all of a sudden, we have to pretend that for years we were thinking we should change it. No, we can all just say, hey, this happened, and we're going to change our opinion. Moving I'm saying that. I wasn't thinking this before. Um, before COVID, oh, we need to change. It was just something that wasn't on my mind. There's so many other things that are that are there. So I challenge them. If you, if if there are articles out there that you can find where people are quoted as saying this needs to happen pre-COVID, send them my way. Mtanner and Intercominc.com. I don't know if you'll find them, Stu. I don't know if you'll find them. These quotes just kill me. Those James West guys probably think he's brilliant. Now I, I will say, Michael, you and I have been talking about the price, uh, new price differentials in uh, natural gas in Henry Hub versus the other hubs. Was it before I, COVID, though? That is correct. And we were talking that there is a very good logical reason for mm. it. Uh, there, we haven't even begun to talk about the reasons for WTI yeah. and everything else. There is a trackable natural gas in Henry Hub and in the other hubs yep. in the U.S. There is a reason for that. There's anyway. Thank you. No, and I, you're long, I think we're, we, we fall on the same point here. That's, I, 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 you know, I think this is a really good, good thing for the industry and I'm definitely going to be following 
this index. We're going to have this index on the news decks because I think I would love to see this become bigger because I do think there are problems with Cushing, but I'm not going to lie and say I was thinking about this six months ago. And I don't no, but think if we, we track it and, and you look at data, you can evaluate if it's being tracked or being created correctly. Yeah, no, and we'll take a look. And 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 specifically, S and P is not. We're, we will we will make both of them into a differential for from WTI. The problem is S and P is trying to get away from WTI, so they're not even giving a. They're not even doing a. Uh, they're not even quoting a differential. Aegis or Argus will give us a differential, but they're both called again American Gulf Coast Select new thing. Um, you know, really kind of uh, to wrap this up along this, like, what is, you know, I, you know, the question you guys might be asking, well, what does this mean for the energy business? You know, and I just like to kind of cover what, you know, whenever there are new, new, new regulations, new things rolling out, how does this touch each part of the business? If you're an EMP, it doesn't really do much for you, to be honest with you. You know, you're still negotiating your contracts with your marketing companies and they set their price based on API levels. And, and then, you know, really WTI is quoted based upon marketing companies. I mean, marketing companies are planes all American, these companies that own these pipelines and sell to refineries. So um, you're still negotiating with them. It's going to be interesting to see how those prices follow the follow WTI with, you know, again, that's something we want to cover because I want to know what that differential looks like as time spreads and how closely or not closely these indexes follow each other, because then you might see different segments of companies moving with, you know, if these don't follow each other that well, you might have a group of companies only using this one. And then, you know, you don't really, we don't really want a fractured business. We really want everybody to use the same one because it just makes it easy. But, you know, you know, so that's my only fear with this is that we're going to have two different swaths of, of people using different ones. We're always going to have to figure, oh, what, oh, what number are you quoting? You quote AGS or WTR? You know what I mean? Like, it'd be really nice if, if we could all move at one. But if you're an EMP company, not necessarily changing, and your hedging is still done in WTI NYMEX contracts. So until CME, allow, or until there's a quotable contracts that you can hedge with or products that you can hedge with, um, it's, it's not really going to touch your business that much. If, you, if you're an analyst and you, and you work in the energy analyst business, great. It's just another index for us to follow. That's pretty much all I'll say. Yay, just another index and more research we can do. Seems how funny how that always works. Um, if you're a trader, um, this is where I see the biggest movement comes in, specifically on the physical side. This is where, you know, because this quote AGS is American Gulf Coast Suite and most of the oil that's slung in America is exported from Texas, you're going to now, I think, seeing this, this quite, this Price is already going to be is seen. I, I seen quoted in two contracts that were being sent out by uh, two marketing companies down in uh, uh, Texas, right there. But you can be, you're, I think you're going to be seeing begin to see this price quoted out in physical transactions because with 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 oil with large oil physical trader counterparties because you can have these these agreements over the counter, so you can really set whatever terms you want and, and, and we just can use this as a benchmark. And I think, and I think specifically the people who are going to love this are going to be physical offshore large at volume traders because this is going to much give them a much better idea of what their volume is worth. And I think it's going to be not as, I think, volatile. I think that's really the key. I think you're going to see Cushing and WTI continue to be very volatile. I do not think um, AGS is going to be very volatile. I think that's probably part of the reason why and probably why you think the way you think, Stu, where there needs to be some sort of blend because it'd be very interesting to sort of overlay these prices between each other on a daily basis. All right. I agree, man. You've yeah. explained very well. And then um, if you're a day trader, I always like to include our, our, our day traders out there. If you guys are slinging Crudella on the side, um, nothing's changing um, until the CME really rolls out a contract that we can sling. We're pretty much out of luck trading it, um, which is good. We all know how WTI trades. You know, we've, you know, we've, 
You have to relearn a whole new structure trading. It would be, it would be tough talking about trading a whole new product. Um, and that'd be really talking about market settings. So it'd be super interesting, but, but yes, new, new, new contract, uh, and pricing coming up. Very interesting how this sees. We're going to have, we're going to keep following this. Cause I think this could become, this could become interesting. I mean, this gets picked up by some of the industry. I mean, you're going to, it's going to be very interesting. If you're like, well, what contract are you quoting? And it's just going to get, I'm going to have to throw people through a wall on email. If, if that starts happening, I'm, I will snap my laptop in half. If I have to start asking people what contract they're talking about for just the price of oil, I will snap my laptop in half. I can, I can quote you that right now. I will not leave my laptop around you. <laughs> Please don't. Anything else on this subject before we move into the oil prices for the week? No, well done. Thank I'm you. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and just move into the levels and outlook for oil trading this week. As always, this segment is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. These guys do insanely good research and provide all of their levels from the Energy Glimpse solution. I'm telling you guys, if you need anything done in the Energy Advisory, you can just give them a call, 949-561-1818, or check them out, sandstonecg.com. Before we move into the levels, just, I mean, you know, I always like to give one, one thing to watch for in U.S. shale, whether it's this week or moving forward. And, and this is something that I think if you've been following that, this is why I recommend following our, our daily ticker show because we run a lot more specific articles that if you, that if you're savvy enough and, and you watch enough, you can pick up on things a couple of weeks, sometimes before they drop, just because that's a lot of things. It's a lot of times how things are, they just drop little news items drop and in the end. And it, when it happens, even I don't know that it's going to three weeks from now be important, but then that event happens in three weeks. And I and we're able to, Oh wow, we ran that story three weeks ago. So, so a lot of it comes for, uh, full circle. And we ran two weeks ago, a story on uh, a couple companies uh, doing what's called non-operational management agreements, which is basically imagine you're in a, you decide to start a company and instead of hiring any employees, you contract everything out. What that looks like in the energy business is specifically, we're having an executive team generally with, you know, CEO, CFO, finance guy, probably some sort of, you know, operational control, um, you, know, op, you know, president of operations. I don't know generally what the title would be, Stu, but basically it's a can be a small tight crew and you contract everything out. You contract the drilling, you contract your completions out. Obviously those generally happen that way, but you also contract out your, your, your production and you, and you pay somebody or, or maybe pay somebody to manage your assets. And that has been something that has been big in the small stripper and small stripper game. I was at a previous, uh, as I call in a previous life, I was uh, an outside sales guy slinging heel systems for a company that is a company called Heel Systems. Basically, you, you put them in uh, heels of you, you basically put them in the heel of a well, and it's, uh, it helps separate your solids. They're actually really sweet. This is a free ad for Heel Systems, so check them out. And they're owned by Schlumberger right now, so they're a conglomerate. So I guess we can give give the man more money. But no, good company. I love their CEO Jeff Sapanji. He taught me a lot about just how do you actually like. How do you do more of the corporate sale in the energy business? Because it's different than just cold calling somebody on the phone trying to, you know, you know, trying to sling them digital marketing products or something. So um, shout out Heal Systems. But one thing I learned when I was, you know, doing a lot of that Heal Systems work um, sales was how much non-operational management are in the, you know, small mineral rights slash more small private operate. A lot of them operate that way because honestly, when you get down to it, the numbers just look better. You don't have payroll. You're not paying them. There's a lot of payroll expenses that you, you you don't have to incur you're just cutting checks every month to operate or to a contractors and you're beginning to see i think more of that move forward in the larger and larger companies as, as, as we all know consolidation is happening in the energy business whether it's chapter 11 m a's or just outright companies just go away or or just get absorbed 
I think this is something over the next, maybe not week, but two to three, four weeks, watch for this. I think non-ops management, you're going to be seeing a lot more stories of this happening because I just think the numbers are going to become more attractive to what if we just farm everything out or what if we sell off everything and, 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 and for our executive fee, we're just creating a, um, you know, basically we're just getting, it's almost like you're just getting a royalty payment off owning your, your own oil and gas, uh, off your own oil and gas uh, minerals. So it, I think it'd be very interesting, Stu. I think we're going to see this come up, but that's kind of the only thing I wanted to point out. I think if you want to know more, you know, stories that happen, I highly recommend checking out our podcast that we dropped uh, last Friday. It's going to have more kind of stories and, and some of the things that happened last week. Anything that you're looking for on the U.S. shale side, Stu, this week? Um, yeah, on the... Uh... Uh, shale side, uh, we have a, uh, the intercom team has done a lot of branding for High Crush. High Crush on Thursday mm -hmm. announced their earnings and they had a very uh, big loss and everything else. And then Friday afternoon, uh, they filed for bankruptcy. So I ran the story on Thursday going, man, that's a bad looking uh, earnings yeah. Next day, they are filing for bankruptcy, and we're so sorry. They're at such a good operation. So uh, good people, good operation, and they got slammed. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh, well, we, we, our, hearts, our hearts are out with them. What do you got on the international news desk today? Hey, uh, a couple of things, Michael. Um, and this one is, uh, I came across mm. this one last night doing some uh, nosing around in the world. And uh, there is uh, the, this is Russian, so I'm going to have, I, if I butcher it, you know, forgive me. Okay. Belarusk Nuclear Power Station. is It's Belarus. I think it's Belarus. Belarus? Okay, cool. It's the name of a country, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it's a. Uh, thing in Russia. Uh, it's a, oh, okay. I I thought, isn't there a comp? Is there a? Sorry, continue. I'm an idiot. <laughs> anyway, it's a BN six hundred, um, and they were filing to take it to 2040. That would take that uh, nuclear reactor uh, 15 years past its uh, due. So when you have that. Um, the kilowatt per hour goes down significantly, mm -hmm. but it would also save 33 million tons of coal of fossil fuels. So if you have people that are out there saying, hey, nuclear's bad, I think this might be something that I wish that the U.S. could look at because we have 98 reactors. Mm -hmm. And of the 98, uh, I don't know how many of those are going to get extensions and it's a lot cheaper to get an extension on a nuclear reactor if they do good uh, testing on it. Uh, France this weekend had mm. a nuclear reactor that they were about to shut down uh, in France and um, they're trying to get an extension on it and all the nuclear folks are going nuts. So France has 56 nuclear reactors, okay. and this is the oldest one in France. Well, I mean, I, and I, if you talk to guys like Alex Epstein and the experts that we trust, we've interviewed, they love them some nuclear, and they think nuclear should be the way to energy, the, you know, our, our, our way to sort of energy independence. Um, as a, as a part of their theory, though, is also, Michael, it's kind of like the Michael Tanner uh, law of COVID, you called that the other, you called the COVID law. 
Well, that's no, that's that, that, that's that's you. I did well. That's a before. I don't want to interrupt you on this, but that's I've, I forgot to mention. There's one thing in the outlook this week for U.S. Shale that you need to worry about, and that's specifically coronavirus. We when we started the show a month ago, two month, two three months ago, I got tired of every day saying oil's down because of Corona. Well, guess what? That's really since cases are spiking. That's the theme moving forward for the actual trading structure of how oil's looking. Corona, Corona, Corona. It's the law of Corona. When it when cases go up, price goes down. It took me all of ten seconds to come up with that. So I, you yeah. know, someone hire me. I need a raise. Working too yeah, hard. Absolutely. No, don't hire you. <laughs> uh, you know, when you, you sit back and take a look, Moore's law was the tr uh, number of transistors in a Intel chip processor will double every two years. That's nerdy. That, Steve, I like it. That was a long time ago. Now, so this is the Michael Tanner law, uh, or Tanner law, however you want to call it. You know, price of oil is like beat up by COVID. Okay. Yeah. Next, um, if you take a look at um uh let me get over here it is total petroleum has signed a new uh import with lng with um uh sonatrack and mm -hmm. it is an algerian national uh, company bringing in lng and it is two million tons of algerian lng will land Ooh. in france over each of the contract years. That's a lot of natural gas coming out of the other demand sections of uh, yep. area. So LNG is changing up in Europe. Uh, I thought all of that kind of blended all in together. So pretty busy week in Europe. Yeah, no, no kidding. And, and, and you'll make sure to be following all of that on the international news desk. When we look at really the, 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 the price and, and structure of oil this week, you can check it all out and check out my chart that I'm referencing on the oil and gas 360 news X, the best place. I mean, telling you, if you want a one-stop shop for how, um, um, for, for what's going on in the energy market, check out the news desk. It's really the best way, but I'm seeing some master, some massive structure weakness. When we look at oil this week, I think we've really rolled ahead here. And I think moving forward, it's going to be choppy waters to see 40 bucks again. Um, you know, when we kind of look at the three, four days, man, I'm seeing a couple levels. I like 3706, 3781. Um, 38.36 is the point of control for the past five days. So that's a really nice volume set. And currently we're 38.49. So that's sort of what we're trading at right now. 39.09 and 39.48, that's structure top right there. But I don't see us reaching that. I, you know, if, you, if you're a price action guy, it flipped from bullish to bearish very quickly over the past two, three days or over the past, you know, four or five days. We look moving forward. I'm bearish this week. I, I don't think oil is, is going to go up. And, and I think a lot of that's due to the structure, but also I think it's because COVID. I think we're going to continue to see some cases rise. And I don't even know if that's going to translate to hospitalizations. I'm not, you know, we're not going to get into the, we're not going to dive into that debate because when we know, we all know we're having it with our friends. So we don't need to have it. We don't need to have the argument here, but cases go up. We're going to see this uh, oil price continue to be depressed. I'm on the short side for the beginning of the week, but as always, be wary of what my bias is. Um, when we look at how the commitment of traders is looking, Here's, here's the biggest thing um, that I'm seeing is hedge funds are getting short. And that just signifies that people who trade crude oil professionally, whether or not you think they are good or not, 
they're all on the short side, meaning they think 38, specifically $40 is probably a topic because this runs last Tuesday to Tuesday. This is definitely people shorting at that $40 level. We saw longs were cut by 2,000 contracts, 556 contracts on the short side. Lane. So that's a, that's a decent number when you talk about um, number of short sides, considering it's generally, you know, I mean, we were talking about there's 426,000 contracts on the long side versus 56. So anytime you see a green for short and a red for long positions added, um, it's, it, it means that hedge funds are definitely thinking that, that it's time to take out just a little more insurance. And with that, I think it's, let's just go ahead and dive into the slaughter that was the 360 official, non-official fund last week. But first, before we say this, the lawyers make us say this so we don't get sued. This segment is for entertainment purposes only. Everyone on the show, i.e. me, Michael Tanner, and Stu Stewart, really invest for our own account. We do not manage any outside money. We do not give investment advice, and we do not offer securities or have any involvement in the regulated side of the industry. Remember, investing is risky, and you can and will lose your entire principal. I mean, I don't know. Do we? When, when are we holding the funeral? I, we got slaughtered slaughtered last week, Stu. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a short segment. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it needs to be. Yeah, and, and uh, Tomcat is sitting on the corner, uh, so he's, he's uh, doing well. Uh, my whole thing's red. Uh, Geopark is the only green one that I had. I love my Bless team. Geopark. Bless Geopark. Go, uh, go get them some. We'll give them some love. They're saving us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Geopark, good management. Good numbers, uh, South America. <laughs> South America. All so right. Tomcat's sitting out. You said though. Oh yeah. <sighs> Just he's, he's like he. I guarantee. He's smarter he, than both of us. We can getting hounded. Oh yeah. Well, the Tanner Law is in effect. No kidding. I mean, Bonanza Creek. We're our, we're, we're we've now lost money on Bonanza Creek. They're trading below the price we entered at. We entered at fourteen eighty nine. They're not trading at fourteen oh five. We were they were over twenty two dollars at one point. It just kills me. This is and this is why we switch. So I'm I'm I say I've been saying this past couple shows um, or the last couple of Monday shows, but I'm we're revamping this portfolio and we may have to to sling some stuff outside of uh, energy to start making some returns here. Well, hey, that's. <laughs> Let's make a goal of a week from this Monday to have a new new portfolio. Hey, I like it. Well, not not new. I like Bonanza Creek in the long term, but I, I, we need to add some much needed diversification to this portfolio and start making it look more like a hedge fund versus just just slinging stocks that we like. Uh, there's a lot of. I'd like to throw this out there. Uh, there's a lot of uh, small caps and mid caps that are no longer being covered by um, the analysts. So let's start talking about some of them and uh, give them some love. No, there's definitely a, there's definitely a way to do that, and we'll be continuing to think about that. I mean, Stu, when we look at you know, I, I think we've had, you know, I think it's been a really good show so far. Is there anything we're missing to get people ready for this week in uh, oil and gas? Uh, I think we're going to have a great week. It's going to be great. It's going to be wildly busy, and. By Friday, we're going to be pooped, but you're going to be able to hear all of the recap on our Week Ahead podcast. With that, guys, I think we're just going to go ahead and let you guys get back to work and finish up your day. Thank you, guys, for checking out the 360 Digital Closing Bell here on uh, Oil & Gas 360. We'll see you guys this afternoon for the digital ticker.